The following radio show does not contain flash photography, but does have full-on entertainment right from the start. Hello, hello, hello. It's six o'clock. It's Thursday, the 18th of June, and you're listening to me, Russell Brew, live for the Sunday Times Festival of Education. Good afternoon. Or is it good evening? We have an incredible show for you this evening. I'll just tell you what's coming up. We've got music from Will Young in tribute to his attendance at Wellington College here. Amazing track from him. We've also got students live on the show. Never work with musicians or students live a combination of both amazing we've got luke carey who is a 20 something year old young gentleman he is an amazing musician and we have him on the show really excited to have him he's going to play a track called now and that's coming up in the show in just a little while he's our first guest this evening so stand by for that and then we're chatting with a fabulous jessica from stem Etz. this is stem for girls and she's got a really exciting incubator project to tell you all about and then we have the amazing associate professor Steve Wheeler from University of Plymouth he is chatting to us about his talk here as well really excited to have him on the show and Tom who's a welly college student uh, he is talking about his musical career as a musician he's 17 it's amazing isn't it he's had a career and he's playing his uh, track Blind Girl and we'll have that on our show in just a little while and then we catch up with Carrie Starbuck she's from Creative Learning and then I'm finishing the show off with a brilliant really inspiring interview with the fabulous Ewan McIntosh who's telling me all about Notosh and where it's going. Don't forget you can get in contact a number of ways, you can text us you can tweet us, you can email us you can get in contact all those different ways, why not send me a tweet, uh, you can just use the hashtag EdFest but if you'd like to drop my name in it as well at Russell Prue. I'll do my best to give you a mention on the show or you can send us an email studio at andertontiger.com a text message is coming in on 85010 remember to start each text message with the word radio we've had an amazing day it's been gorgeous weather it's really really busy here 5,000 visitors here over two days Uh, congratulations to the organiser Summerhouse Media have done an amazing job as well it's a really exciting uh, two-day event here. We're doing this all again tomorrow, so if you enjoy the show, come back tomorrow. We'll have new content, new interviews, new chats, new guests, all tomorrow, Friday the 19th. But for today, on with the show. Music coming up next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Sunday Times Education Festival Radio Show with Russell Pro. The Sunday Times Education Festival. www.festivaloveducation.com Live from Wellington College. The Sunday Times Education Festival. www.festivaloveducation.com Listeners, very uh, pleased and honoured to be uh, joined again by one of the live set performers. I have Luke Carey, who is a young 20-something going on 16, 17-year-old. could easily pass as a young student here. Um, a musician, congratulations on your set. Well done. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. What was that like? What was it like for me? Yeah. Uh, it was good. It was good. It was like a, like a normal set. It's always nice to play outside uh, just to get some wind going your way because sometimes it gets too hot up there. You get a bit... 
get a bit sweaty. Tell me about the the roots of your musical passion. Where did it start? How was it developed? Did you take music at school? Are you a trained musician or are you a bedroom musician? I mean, how? Well, yeah, I, I, I wanted to do GCSE music and I, you know, you apply for your school, you, you tell them you want to do it and it was um, oversubscribed, so I didn't, I didn't get it. So I thought, I'm, I'm just going to learn it myself. <laughs> I'm going to teach myself guitar, practice singing and um, hopefully, you know, get something good out of it. And I've, I've really enjoyed it thus far. It's been really good. Okay, still early days. Where are yeah. you in the grand scale of things? Uh, have you got an album? Have you got records? Have you released stuff? Have you? Where are you on this journey? So I've written about ninety odd songs. Um, I've got an EP done that's been produced, good to go. Uh, hopefully releasing it next week or the week after. Um, I've got two EPs worth of material. I'm happy to just go straight back in the studio and record. So as soon as I make a bit of money off the first one, I can go straight back in. Um, and in terms of the grand scheme of things, I'm. I'd say I'm in that stage where a lot of juxtapositions or situations are happening where one day you'll be with someone who you never thought you'd expect to be with, like playing guitar and jamming and hanging out with, and then the next day you're playing to an empty pub with the sound guy. Um, so really cool things and then really weird the, things. And there's things a sound out. guy? The, I thought you had to do that yourself. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry. <laughs> you uh, have your own This is an accomplishment in its own right. You have your own sound guy. Oh, no, no, no. It just just like from the different venues I'm playing at. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So, yeah. Well, so that's still pretty good, I have to say. A venue with a sound guy. I mean, that's, Oh, really? Yeah, that's not your average downtown, you know, King's Arms, best it, boozer in town. But Okay, yeah, I know what you mean. You um, know. I play a lot in Camden and Shoreditch and those sort of areas, so most of the venues do. Who have their own sound men. Yeah, and their well, own system. A big shout out if you're a sound man in Camden or Shoreditch. Yeah. Hello to you. Right. <laughs> what can schools do to, well, to have met your learning objectives for starters? What do they need to be doing? Just encourage anyone to do the things they want, whether it be music, whether it be maths. I, I always said that uni is a great thing and, and college is a great thing if you're really pushing yourself to do something you want to do so if you want to be a doctor study medicine that that works um if you want to be a live performer or a musician like myself i just i want to do as many gigs as possible perfect my craft well get as good as i can at my craft and and really just network and do what i need to do and i basically say schools should just never give up on anyone obviously but um as soon as a kid shows an interest in something really like exploit it make them really have a passion for it and you know there was a there was a thing i saw the other day uh, it was a picture of a bunch of animals just lined up like a monkey an elephant uh, a fish and a bowl whatever and um a guy on a desk opposite them saying right we're going to test you using the exact same test and you're going to be judged on that and the moral of the story is if you asked a fish to climb a tree you'd never really know what it can do and yeah that's that's what i'd say well done thank you very much um talk me through the music that we're gonna play now uh now is actually the name of the song um it's one of the first sort of songs i wrote and then it written and then when i went into the studio with it i, I said try to make it sound less like the live version just because um I, I want people to come to my shows and be be interested and see something new so there's a bit of a upbeat like dancey sort of vibe to it when you go see it live it's it's very different but still good okay and the inspiration behind it uh that particular song uh like most songs just girls in it really i don't know you tell me (laughs) i don't write songs i Um, do radio 
Yeah, I mean, I get inspiration with different songs, different things. I think that particular one is about a person, yeah. Do you have a website? Where can people find you? Uh, Twitter, Facebook. I, I need to make the website, but if you Google my name, Luke Carey, C-A-R-E-Y, it, it should come up. Okay, and on Facebook? Uh, Luke Carey, again. Like, if you Google my name, the Facebook is the first thing that comes up. Okay. And the Twitter and YouTube videos. And Oh, well, YouTube. Do you have your YouTube channel? I've got a channel, and then there's, like, videos with other channels as well. So, there's, there's a lot there. Luke Carey. Carey, yeah. Excellent. We'll say that one more time. Luke Carey. Luke Carey. And this track's called Now. Now. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Anytime you want, dear, let me get through there. I have to see you later on, dear. Cause it's you that means the game is on, dear. Now you're off with him. And I guess I got to us. Cause I just wanna know how you feel right now. Dagger shaped heart, as cold as ice. And I've been nearing more and more and more. Found myself. Well, I just wanna know where you wanna go. This is taking a little longer than you need to know. So from Wellington College the Sunday Times Education Festival www.festivaloveducation.com Get into school radio for less The Anderton Tiger Hub For under £3,000 andertontiger.com forward slash hub This 
is the Sunday Times Education Festival Radio Show, powered by Anderton Tiger Broadcasting. Listeners, I'm just joined in the studio by this really interesting young lady, Jessica. Welcome to the Sunday Times Radio Show. Good to have your company. Tell me about what you're here to do. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Jessica, and I'm from an organization called STEMETS. Um, I'm here to talk about the Outbox Incubator, which is the first ever incubator of its kind for girls 11 to 22 years old who are all interested in STEM subjects that's science engineering maths and technology in a different order that's fine we i think we all get it it, it, nobody should be listening to this radio show if they don't know what stem is really honestly Uh, i I love this so so tell me some more about the incubator box obviously you're dissatisfied with the level of progress and aren't we all really absolutely stem is just still not on everyone's agenda and we've got to do more to get it so particularly with young ladies we need more young ladies in engineering as well so tell me some more about the incubator idea so it's it's overarching goal is to bring a balance to the stem industries because they need girls in them to make better to solve problems better Um, so the incubator will have 118 girls of varying ages from across the EU who all have a stem idea and want to develop it into a fully functioning startup and business Wow! so it is really impressive and it's really exciting because the the ideas that they come up with you would you just can't even imagine how how innovative they are I think that's the idea really (laughs) behind it as well I don't you know it's up to them to imagine so have you already selected 118 or is this still a competition to get involved we have just um, closed the competition and have selected 118 girls Wow! Um, we also have a waiting list because we had way more than um, way more applications than of we course. thought we would of course. they're going some of them will be a combination of day girls who come to the house for the day to take yeah. part in sessions workshops and activities cool. um, but some will be staying over so it's a really immersive experience for them they'll actually be sleeping in this house that we have in south london um, and kind of living and breathing stem and having fun with their peers kind of a hot house i like that it's a bit yeah i I like it i think it's really good so uh so we can't get involved now and that's too late that's fine but you can get involved if you're a stem professional hey now that's my that was my next question now (laughs) how do we watch see feel and find out the progress is there a website are you on twitter is there a facebook page what do we like where do we go how do we find out Jessica everything you need to know about the Outbox Incubator is on outboxincubator.com we also are our organization is called STEMETS and you can follow us on Twitter at STEMETS uh, and on Facebook and on Instagram um, we'll also be running a sort of uh, recording and capturing all of this exciting mm-hmm. stuff with a documentary film crew who Lovely. will be documenting everything. Cool. Um, so there's lots of ways to, to, to see it. Good. But if you're a STEM professional and you want to come and um, share your experience or pass on some learning, get in contact with us via our website, uh, outboxincubator.com. And, um, She's very good. <laughs> She's very good. And uh, we'll get in touch with you to see if you can come and um, share some of your amazing knowledge for the girls in the house. Jessica, that's a conversation I wasn't expecting to have here and I'm <laughs> delighted you've stopped by and said hello as well. This is the, this is the primary function. This is what I got up this morning to find stuff like this and bring it to the masses, which is just amazing. Have a really good festival and thanks for sharing that and good luck with the programme. Thank you, Russell. Thanks for having us on. Brilliant. You're listening to the Sunday Times Education Festival Radio Show with Russell Crowe. The Sunday Times Education Festival. www.festivalofeducation.com
Business. It's really good. You wait all day for a super celeb to walk past and then you catch him. You do. I have the amazing, the brilliant Steve Wheeler, Associate Professor from University of Plymouth. Welcome. Hi, Russell. Good to, to see Sunday you. Sunday Times Festival Radio Show. Good to have you coming. What you doing here? What have you got? What's on? What's I'm happening? speaking after lunch. Uh, it's, a, it's a session called Learning in the Digital Age. The future is mobile, personal and social. Okay. Um, Have you prepped this yet, or are you just doing well, it off no. the cuff? <laughs> I'll probably do a bit off the cuff. I've got a few slides to shove up on the on the on the on the screen, and maybe talk a bit around what what I know. But I, I think um, the whole idea of the future is it's unpredictable, isn't it? You can't really. I mean, if I could predict the future, I'd go to Las Vegas now and and, and own a lot of money. But you can't. And, and all you can do is kind of look at the trends. And and the trends I'm seeing three things. You know, obviously mobile yep. is going to be big. Uh, smart mobile is, is already you know, huge, uh, not just um, in, in higher education. It's starting to happen, I think, in secondary yeah. as well now. And, and, and some teachers are starting to allow it into the, into the classroom for, for various purposes. But um, it, it's also very personal, but richly social, I think. So yeah. all of those things combined, I think, show us what we're going to do with, with education in the future. Wow. And you've got a book signing as well this I, afternoon? Yeah, I have. Um, I'm with on the Crown House stand later on today. I'm uh, signing copies of my new book, Learning with Ease. Excellent. Which uh, you'll probably recognise as, as the same title as my blog. Um, but uh, clearly what I've done is I've taken some of the ideas from the blog sure. and I've expanded on them. I've written a narrative around them and hopefully the, the 12 or 13, cha 14 chapters I think in that book kind of, uh, kind of show a, a progression of thinking um, through the digital age. I, I try and trace a bit of the history of, of the digital age but really what I'm trying to do is show that learning is changing because of, of, of technologies and because of the way um, people are, are, are relating to each other through those technologies, through social media and through mobile technology and so on. And we heard the Secretary of State, um, I was going to say speak, but she didn't, she read, um, <laughs> and I think that's a, a, fair, a fair assessment of her performance, uh, she read her script here mm. today, and she found it very easy to tell people that she was with heads on banning mobile phones and smart technology there. And here we hear from you, and you're on the other end of the page. I certainly am. I mean, Sir Michael Wilshaw's in there right next to us now talking about, you know, he, he said he very reading similar as well? thing. He's reading as well to a to a packed house, <laughs> uh, I think it's half empty actually in there. But uh, it's interesting; these politicians they tend to trot out what they think the public want to hear. And um, but I think the tides are changing. I think that more and more teachers now are seeing the the utility and and, and the kind of the, the the need to actually use the technologies that the kids are familiar with. Yeah. I mean, kids don't need to be taught how to use mobile phones. No. They, they are intimate with them. They belong to them. Yep. And they're bringing them in whether we want them to or not. So yep. I think it's the case that why don't we take the technology they're familiar with and harness the power of that to actually support their learning in a better way. Amen. <laughs> I hear that, brother. Um, I, I still, you know, you say the tide's turning, but the British public said, no, it's not turning. We want another <laughs> slice of that cake again. So... I, we hear, I hear the words, it's turning, but I, I think everyone's kind of quite happy just to leave things as they are, just don't, you, don't ripple too much. You see, the, the problem is when, when, when you take the mantra, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, which um, I, I think a lot of education kind of, a lot of education cultures are still doing. It's a very conservative culture education and it yeah. doesn't change very quickly. But when it does change, oh my gosh, stand back and watch because yeah. there are certain things happening in certain schools that I know. Uh, not just here in the UK, but also in places like New Zealand, Australia, yeah. where I get to um, fairly regularly in in the States, all over Europe. There there are pockets of of of, of um, 
innovation happening where, where people are making use of these tools and, and they are showing that actually it's not as as um, as fearful, we, we shouldn't be as fearful as, as, as uh, we are at the moment yeah. about these technologies. We should actually take risks more and we should actually um, push the boundaries back because after all, children aren't just the future, they're, they're the present, they are, they are our future but they are the present and, and they need the best possible education and, and they're only going to get that if we think hard and we do everything possible including all the tools bring all, all those in bring those in to actually um, you know support their learning in, in new and different ways otherwise our young people will be outmaneuvered by other young people elsewhere who have well, been allowed to use this technology well someone certainly will take it on if we don't and, and I think that's right so so when I say ain't broke don't fix it that that's a problem we um, it is broken and we're standing in the middle of it thinking, oh, it's, it's not broken, but, but actually education is, is, is uh, broken in many ways and um, does need fixing. I always enjoy listening to you. You are a breath of fresh air and <laughs> as insightful as ever. I wish you the very best of luck for your talk. Sorry we couldn't catch up afterwards, but you're heading off for another opportunity. I hope the book signing goes well. Uh, Sale, it was out in February. You're doing well. Can you retire yet? Or uh, <laughs> That would be lovely, wouldn't it, if I could retire now? I'll give it a few more years, Russell, and maybe I will. <laughs> uh, perhaps a sequel? <laughs> there, there is another one in the pipeline, definitely. It's going to be called... Uh, well, the working title is Disruptive Education. I kind of want a slice of that, really. I, I, could you just hurry that one along for me? But as ever, uh, Steve Wheeler, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Russell. Live from Wellington College, the Sunday Times Education Festival. www.festivaleducation.com Listeners, my next guest joining me live in the studio is a student from Wellington College here. It's amazing. There's so many of them around. I've managed to catch one uh, in, in my pupil uh, catcher. And thanks. It's Tom. Welcome to the, the show. Lovely thanks so much. You're very kind. Um, you're very welcome as well. Now, you've been performing here. There's a stage here. Tell me what's going on there. I have indeed been performing. So um, what's been happening is there's been a few performers from in and indeed out of college as well. Um, and we've all just been... Yeah, just kind of having, having a good time up there. Um, it's a really nice kind of atmosphere around the college and I think it's really nice. People are really kind of open and, and welcoming. Um, and so obviously, yeah, I'm a student here and uh, I've been really working on my songwriting and, and doing lots of covers and things um, with a couple of different people around college. Uh, JJ Van Limborg, who is the singer I was meant to be uh, singing with today, who unfortunately came down with a rather bad cold. So unfortunately, I, was, uh, I ended up playing um, with about kind of an hour's notice beforehand that I was going to be on my own. But no, it was, it was abs- it's been absolutely fantastic so far today. Yeah. I'm sure you were absolutely fine. Anyone who is tutored by the brilliant Ben here. It's going to have some brilliant skills here. Um, tell me some more about your music and inspiration. So, I mean, how old are you to start with? Uh, I'm 17. Okay. Uh, so I'm in I'm in Lowestoft, and uh, so my musical inspiration. So I mean, I end up listening to a lot of, of, of stuff. I don't really have a particular genre I listen to sure. kind of non-stop. So, Good. Uh, but I mean, there are some uh, there are some general themes, I guess. I've I've been listening to more Ed Sheeran recently. Um, also, John Mayer, who is a fantastic guitarist as, as well as a singer. Um, then um, also uh, just a kind of a general variety of styles. So I've been listening to a bit of rap as well after having listened to some of Ed Sheeran's new stuff. Sure. Um, and so all that is kind of coming together, having a nice influence. So, yeah, it's been, it's been great fun. What was it like performing here? You sort of touched on that a bit. It's a very festival atmosphere. So it is very welcoming, as you say, a very comfort, comforting kind of thing there. What, how much practice do you get at performing live? Um, so, in general, around the college, there are some uh, acoustic sessions which are held in the school cafe, which are really, really nice things that happen in the evening. Again, 
organised by the fantastic Mr. Mr. Stanton. Um, and yeah, so they're really good opportunities to just kind of get up in front of a. a the, the audience size can can vary quite a bit, um, but it's it's really nice to get up there and um, and just kind of showcase some stuff to to your peers and to your friends and get people to come along and um, and have a pizza and then and, and then uh, yeah, and just kind of play in front of them. So it's it's really. Um, there are quite a few opportunities to perform so mm. I've been finding that I was really actually quite comfortable going up today relatively speaking than kind of when I was first started doing these acoustic sessions so they're really really helpful in just kind of getting a bit of um, experience and confidence into you. Have you ever busked? I, I have indeed um, a little bit um, mainly uh, for charity actually I've never really busked for my own purposes as as of yet i should uh, hope not to sir <laughs> i have to say if, uh, if you can kind of afford to come here or you're, you're lucky to have someone to to do that for you then i'd be <laughs> very disappointed that you're out there really for your for your for your meal for your pizza <laughs> as it were but I, I, it's that kind of exposure to the british public that i was interested in and yeah. kind of you know whether you'd ever had that as well or whether this is, you were as protected as my listeners perceive you to be as protected in a cocooned in a kind of I'm really because you get some great trips here I mean I, yeah absolutely Ben took a, a whole group of uh, people to Nashville and absolutely a really good were you on that experience I wasn't on that one because I, I wasn't actually part of the society but we're going again uh, not this summer but the summer no. after that yeah and we're really working towards that yeah. and um, doing whatever we can really we're kind of um, started doing a few acoustic yeah. um, kind of covers of songs and Amazing. we just kind of trying to uh, to raise the profile a little bit yeah absolutely and it's those that confidence and performance I think whether you become a professional musician or not is neither here nor there it's it's that confidence and that professionalism which I think is really important we're, we're going to play some music of yours on the show later on thank sure. you very much for that thank I don't you. know what track we're <laughs> the track will be selected <laughs> so and, and we will out, play yeah. so thank you in advance for that as well thank you what, what are you what are your aspirations in life what are you hoping to do gosh um I would love to keep going with my music in, in some form, um, whether that be on the side or actually as a musician would be fantastic, uh, clearly, but um, I think it's just such a lovely thing to be able to, to do, to, to escape to, um, and I've been finding whenever, you know, whenever I have a kind of bad day, I just go to the music school for a little bit and just have a bit of a play around. It doesn't even have to be that good, it's just an outlet, really, and mm. I just find it's just such a, an amazing kind of passion and hobby to have. Um, so that's why I want to keep it going to some extent. What what it ends up becoming is another story, but um, yeah, ultimately that's... Well, it's good to talk to you, and I'm pleased that you're listening to Ed Sheeran. I'm, I knew there was a listener out there somewhere, so <laughs> I'm pleased I found his one fan, uh, and that's a really good news as well. I wish you the very best of luck in your career. Thank you very much. Enjoy indeed. your trips, enjoy the experience, because I think the whole festival experience is just delightful, particularly for performers, live performers. Absolutely. And keep it live, because that's really where it is. Absolutely. And I hope you enjoy the music. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, sir. Houses, should I return 
So it's ain't like any other Would you come with me down the road we want to Would you walk with me if I asked you to oh, Would you come down to the courtyard Just to play this game Would you ever have done this If you never know my name You're a blind girl You're a fool, oh, oh, oh. Come back with me to a carpet full of boxes. Not far to go, just on and on. Come back with me to another grown sandpit. Just memories of who we used to be You're a blind girl You're a blind girl You're a blind girl Whoa. You're a blind girl Open your eyes, you're a Festival Radio Show with Russell Crowe. The Sunday Times Education Festival. www.festivaleducation.com This is my next guest. Joining me in the studio here at the Sunday Times uh, Festival Education is Carrie Starbuck. Any relation? I wish, no. <laughs> I wouldn't be here. I'd be on some island somewhere if wouldn't I owned Starbucks. And you'd have paid your taxes as well, of course. <laughs> oh, no, no, you wouldn't have. What am I saying? What am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, 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 Carrie, uh, Carrie Starbuck from Learning. Now, was it Learning? Performance. Performance. What, you've just spoken at the festival. Mm. What was it about and how was it for you? I spoke at the festival about inspiring a love of learning. Um, we're very much in a result-driven culture, which is fine, of course, but at the same time, we do need to have <laughs> a love of learning. 
<laughs> I love the trumpet playing. It's like a musical interlude to what I'm saying. Not in the middle of an interview, really. I'm just working out how much I'm going to have to pay yeah. for him to move on. But <laughs> it's, it's good. It's like a musical backdrop, dramatic backdrop to what it, I'm it's saying. It's a festival, listeners. <laughs> I think the listeners are kind of quite used to this, really. Yeah. I mean, it's not about carry on. Pray continue, please. <laughs> So that, that is it in a nutshell. It's very result-driven. Yeah. Um, exams matter whether we like it or not. Of course. Um, they're the essence of our school performance tables. Yes. They decide if a school's outstanding yeah. or special measures. Yeah. But more importantly, they define our young people's future. Yeah. They almost um, define whether they're going to be an academy or not. Exactly. <laughs> really. let, let, let's just not shy away from that because the Secretary of State's just spoken at the event and made it very clear that this is, you know, she's, this is an, un, an unswerving kind of uh, um, direction for the government Absolutely. as really. So mm. underperforming, you know, two strikes and you're an academy. I, mean. <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be quite brutal. If students don't get the results, then yeah. that's it. Yeah. And um, I think with the national curriculum and exam changes coming into effect next year, many more pupils will struggle yeah. with that. And so it's very... Uh, right now, it's we're in danger of the whole... of Perhaps teaching students to pass a test rather than to love what they're doing and teachers come into the profession because they want to give young people a passion and a love for learning and particularly their subject and that's at risk of becoming lost so what do we do Carrie what what can we do do? do? what do we do what do we do I feel that you've got the answer I do I do have the answer well I've got an idea and I think it's very practical and creative that teachers can use in the classroom I believe we can have both. I believe we can give students the students to raise achievement and also inspire love learning. Yeah. And I think that's through memory techniques, believe it or not. Really? I think, yeah, I think using the power of creativity and imagination yeah. with learning strategies yeah. can be a game changer for pupils. Um, I demonstrated a memory technique called loci. Okay. And that was devised by the ancient Greeks the birth of democracy wow and politicians were expected to speak for hours so yes. nikki morgan she read from her paper but oh no not the greeks they do they do they do you know they would speak for hours and no yeah. notes yes. um and they to help them remember was devise a memory technique called loci okay. and they would place items and triggers around a place well known to them typically okay. the home okay and Devin brown now uses that as yeah. part of his mind tricks yeah and um, other known, like uh, Dominic O'Brien, the world memory champion, he okay. also uses it. Wow. And so it's a really effective revision tra- uh, technique for all students of ages and abilities. Wow. It doesn't matter, you know, how old they are or what academic ability they've got, because what they need is imagination, and everybody's got that. So uh, that's okay. the thing I yeah, demonstrated. So I'm intrigued now. You've, <laughs> caught, you've caught the listener's <laughs> imagination. Um, where do they go? How do we find out? And, and is this exclusive to you? Do, can I only get this technique from you? Or is this just kind of... Oh, no, it's a wild-known one. Okay. Um, but with learning performance, we go into schools. We go into a 1,000 every year across the wow. country in Europe with these Going techniques. Some? Yeah. Wow, okay. Um, so... With us, we, we started about 20-odd years ago, and my parents started it because my brother um, was severely dyslexic and was actually taken out of school and homeschooled okay. um, because he just struggled so much. Sure. So they, that's, and they use these techniques on Richie, mm. and that's what inspired them to start learning performance. And now we are here almost 30 years later with me at the helm as managing director, and I left teaching, and I started you know, running the business. 
and it's going from strength to strength and that's partly because of the pressure on exams and finding, you know, teachers are looking for alternative ways for sure. students to learn. We're all interested in what Richie's doing, really, I mean. Well, Richie now, he went from a student that couldn't read or write yeah. uh, to being physically dragged kicking and screaming into school. Sure. And uh, there was an instance where he jumped out of a moving car to not go to school. It was really... He absolutely hated learning. Yeah, I can understand that. And he now um, has six A-star to C GCC grades. Wow. Uh, also did A-levels a degree wow. and a master's wow. and he now runs his own business in website design and has is an artist with shows in London and New York so it just goes to show how transformational education can be for young people Always. and uh, he's now you know a 30 something man with a lot going for him but when he was at school it didn't seem that way and no. he was labelled as a slow yep struggling student so they've started again i'm so sorry it's okay it's all <laughs> it's right i quite like it couldn't, couldn't have done well. <laughs> so, well, some small accordions or something yeah. would have been but no it'd be nice to have a violin especially during that richie story so wouldn't much it soft i can i can overlay that's the beauty of everything <laughs> right where can they find you carrie where can is there a website can i go and find yeah. that fine Give they it can to me. go to www.learningperformance.com we've got a learning lab with lots of free resources sure. so they can go and have a look at the techniques there but also there's obviously all our contact details that they can reach us on should they want us to run a workshop. Brilliant. Really enjoyed it. Thank, Thank you very you. much. Chatting with Carrie Starbuck. Starbuck. No relation. Uh, amazing. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And you've got the website there as well. Thanks for joining yeah, us today. Yeah, thank you very much. You're listening to the Sunday Times Education Festival radio show with Russell Prue. Listeners have been waiting all day for this guy. Time for a little culture. It's my favourite. I just have to say, it's Ewan McIntosh. How are you, sir? I'm very well. Thank you for the, the culture, I think. Bless you. Was that the horn or the culture that did it for you? <laughs> um, what are you up to? What's going on? You've got speaker badge, which means you've either mm. spoken or about to speak. I've spoken. How was it? Uh, it was brilliant. I was uh, pleasantly surprised. I don't get to speak that often in the United Kingdom, as a rule. It's most of the time overseas. Um, and so you're not entirely sure whether the, the message you've got that you've been working on with schools thousands of miles away is going to necessarily resonate with schools here, in Bl- back in Blighty. But um, the general feedback is yes, it's the same challenges wherever you live. I think I knew that, but you never have the, you never have that certainty when you see a new group of teachers you've never met before. But you've been a teacher for many, many years here. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I think it hasn't changed that much in the last few years, really, has well, it's it? It's not changed much since I stopped <laughs> teaching French. I left education briefly uh, back in what two thousand and eight. Uh, because I was I was fed up of hitting my head against a yeah. governmental brick wall back in Scotland. Yeah. Um, things I saw as being urgent changes, and you're hearing today actually talks around technology and what the technology will do in the future. They could have been saying the same lines ten years ago, and we wouldn't we wouldn't be shocked or terrified. And that that frustrates me because actually when you go into schools and see what goes on. They are very different places from what they were 10 years ago, but it's not thanks to technology, and it's not necessarily thanks to um, these these big cultural trends in the outside world. It's mm. down to teachers taking more consciousness, and also the quality of research they're taking consciousness of is getting better and better. So actually, we've got more smarts, we've got more information at our fingertips mm. to know how to teach well, and it's just a question now of... Um, having our time freed up to do that and that's the, that's the job of ministers and school leaders to, to free up the time to allow teachers and to possibly think. possibly technology as well that perhaps that should be responsible for freeing up some of our time. Can do if you use it well 
Um, the lessons, the history doesn't bode well, does it really? Um, I, I'm interested in your international. So, so looking into the UK with an international hat on, what are your views? What's interesting is you've got governments like the one in England. Um, at the moment, I would say, still quite top-down. don't think many people would disagree with me on that one. You see the same thing in a country like Denmark that we would have held in um, a very different light maybe even just two or three years ago. Hmm. As of this August, they have an incredibly top-down new national curriculum that resembles more the English curriculum than the Scottish one. Uh, even in Scotland, you see this filling in of the gaps, and I think it was... It was actually the gaps that were there where innovation could flourish. There is a danger that in, in the top-downness of things we lose that innovation. Where do we not see top-down control or less of it? Um, I actually think many of the Australian states are getting that right. They've got a nice balance between having stuff, having a curriculum, but actually investing incredibly heavily in professional development just to, to have a, a, a better quality of teacher all round, really. What about some of the eastern and middle eastern countries? How's it developing there? Most of the schools we work with in those regions are independent international schools. Mm. So it's um, very rare for us to work with a what you call mother tongue school or you know a, a local uh, government school. Sure. They every one of them is individually is individual and very different. Some of them are very American and it feels like you're in a, a little bubble of uh, Pennsylvania in the middle of China, for example. Others are what you would call truly international and it, those are the ones that excite me the most. Where you, you can't quite put your finger on it. They, uh, there's a phrase I, I learned quite recently, the idea of a um, third nation child. So that's where your, your mum and dad are each from different nations and you were brought up in a third nation. And those kinds of students are just just so different really from anything I've ever seen before but at the end of the day they still have the same challenges of learning that any kid does in any school Sure. so whether you're in um, a, a school that has been struggling and is striving to get better whether you're in an elite school uh, elite state school doing incredibly well but you, you know my main thing is you, everyone can achieve well it's, it's not rocket science to get um, great um, academic results it is rocket science, however, to get that greater sense of achievement for, for all. And achievement is more than just the grades. It's how you go about getting them. It's the, the person you grew up to be, the young man or young woman you grew up to be. It's questioning whether university is always the right thing for every kid to do, which we've aspired to for the last 20 years. In Scotland, the, the one project we've, we've had a small hand in is um, the creation of Newlands Junior College. Um, Ironically, you know, they, they've split their, their curriculum up. A third is what you would call at college. It's in, with, with a college partner. A third is with um, a, a partner from skills force. These are former military who work in schools, teaching young people skills and really developing those life skills. Sure. And another third is what you might call traditional. And we'd been asked to help with looking at that, what traditional part of maths, science, English and technology. And the kids actually like having quite a traditional course for that one third of their life because the other two thirds are so different from any schooling they've ever had before yeah. so that familiarity is what keeps them grounded and rooted um, so it's an example of where actually what you might call traditional in a, in a smaller dose it is just the ticket when you've got so much else that's student led and, and student for you go to other schools where everything is teacher led um, and the, there's no chink of light to, to allow students to take leadership and um, 
those are the great those are the ones we spend more time with and that's about trying to maintain academic success but gain that overall achievement um, that you know people are more than the letters or numbers that sure. that we apply to staying with the international theme for just a few more moments is are, are there any countries in the world that are producing young people fit for purpose for this century I don't know I could make a sweeping statement and, and don't want to do that I get into trouble when I do that but in every country I've worked in I've seen that I've seen schools that achieve that with some of their students uh, I think I'd be hard pushed to say they're achieving it with all of them yeah. what we have seen are schools fundamentally changing their strategy with a goal to pursuing that goal and, and, and reaching it within the next few years um, it means having a certain kind of uh, the French call it culture générale so just a general understanding of quite a broad range of content in the same way actually as a traditional Scottish curriculum allows yeah. you, know, you, don't, you don't leave school with three A-levels you leave school with ten hires potentially so yeah. um, that breadth is important but also having depth uh, being what they call a tea thinker so having breadth from the top but actually knowing the, the, the areas that you want to plumb deep into um, resisting specialisation too early you see a lot of PhDs now working on things that are not in their PhD realm. Um, you've got the likes of Tina Selig, a neuroscientist at Stanford, teaching um, entrepreneurship in the Venture Lab, in fact, founding the Venture Lab there for uh, technology startups. So mixed disciplines, mixed teams, where people uh, people's specialism is actually playing second fiddle to the fact that they're just a different type of thinker. I think that's refreshing in a really... Yeah. So what I can conclude from that is, whilst you haven't seen anywhere it's all been done perfectly, I can certainly see us here not doing it anywhere near as I, well as I they ought to be. That, I think you'll see it. If you, if you go down to a school like um, Rosendale, and we, we finished working with them a yeah. couple of years ago, but Rosendale Primary School, when we started working with them, didn't yeah. really have that breadth of... of um, or, or It did have that breadth, but it didn't have a... A, a whole team understanding of how to go about um, sure. nurturing those different mindsets. But they had some very special leadership there, you know. Uh, Dr. Neil Hopkins, he's kind of, st- he really set the tone there. And Kate is continues that today. I think that what you've got is, is a superb example that if you get the leadership right, then a lot of things can fall in place. They also invested heavily in getting support from people outside yeah namely us yeah to provoke them and say are you you know could we not do this differently could we not we never said can you do it better but there's always a different way to approach things and sometimes when you approach things in a different way you make those discoveries that you would otherwise never never find never come across great example thank you um talking about notosh now um feels enormous it feels like um, looking at your, you know, your travel blog. Although you don't don't profess to produce a travel blog, when I look at your Twitter feed, I get this huge impression that you are almost ev- omnipresence <laughs> must just be a There's, few seconds away from you. You are everywhere. It's like the army. You go on tours of duty and then you come home for long, longish stretches. Um, I have a, a brilliant team, but a small one. There's there's um, really a, a, a core team of um, five. And we have um, literally two and a half other people who help us achieve, um, I think, a disproportionate amount with the schools. We only spend really about 15 or 20% of our time doing conferences or workshops. Uh, we, we to, to be honest, don't necessarily like them. This is a dream of an event because actually you're out, outside most of the time and mm. you're sitting on grass meeting people you would otherwise never meet. Mm. Um, 
and learning things you would otherwise never learn. I think the, for us the most important thing is half of our work still is day in day out with schools and over 70% of them are staying with us for two or three years and that's why we have this capacity to pretty much work anywhere in the world with these schools um, we nev- and the great thing is we never charge them travel or accommodation so as far as they're concerned it's down the road um, as far as we're concerned we've got the logistics to be able to sure. pull that off and that's the magic twist that it's taken five years to get to a point where we're able to do that and the 30% that's left is with some of the world's most um, ambitious engineering and fashion and media companies um, we originally started out thinking we would steal lessons from them and bring them to school but actually it's often the other way around um, and we're showing them the power of quality feedback quality questioning uh, provocation, all these um, educational principles so they can come up with better products or better services and so they, that we do that so that when we do talk to teachers about being creative mm. it's not because we read some book um, that we bought off Amazon the day before and read in the aeroplane the way over it's because last week actually we were with a 150,000 employee engineering firm um, looking at how they can develop new innovative products um, it's genuine, it's real and it's um, for, for the schools working with us it gives them a, that, that answer to that question what jobs are our young people going, going into and we can genuinely say we're helping to create what those jobs are Sure, what's next? We're going to look at a different way of approaching how we spread our mission in the United States. Um, It's a country in need of different thinking and it's incredibly hard um, to insert that different way of thinking. So um, that's going to be a major concern for me. We've just done our, our our first big kind of resetting of our our whole objective if you like since we started the company and one of the key elements out of that is first of all we're going to tell our stories better it means a rich um, array of projects that we'll be able to share on the website helping schools steal for themselves and maybe try and emulate some of the success stories we'll share some of the ones that went wrong and why they went wrong um, so people don't repeat the same mistakes so that will be on the website after summer um, and continue to grow and we'll continue to grow the lab, which on our it's the webpage on our on our site, which has had the most traffic by far. Really, where we just spill yeah. the beans on what we do with schools and how we go about doing it, and we get brilliant stories back mm. years down the line from people who say, "Yeah, I tried that that one page out. We we started a project two years on. Mm. Look at the impact it's had. Our grades of our kids have gone up, and mm. we have more smiles too." Or you know, that's a facile example, but it, it kind of gives the impre- it gives the idea of the kinds of things that we're hearing from. Wow, exciting mm. times. It is. Uh, as ever, if people want to connect with you, how can they do that? You can uh, go to notosh.com and use the contact form there. We have Notosh Learning on Facebook. I'm Yoon McIntosh on Twitter. Um, and the whole team is very online, very accessible. So if you have questions, the best thing to do is just ask. I think a lot of people still don't um, see the power in simply asking a question. And if you don't ask, you don't get Absolutely brilliant. Uh, listeners, if you've not met Ewan before, he's one of the guys I check my compass against from time to time. He's worth every penny. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you, Russell. This is the Sunday Times Education Festival radio show, powered by Anderton Tiger Broadcasting, with Russell Prue.
Well, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very, very much indeed for your company. I hope you enjoyed today, the 18th of June, our first Sunday Times Festival radio show. Hope you enjoyed it. We had a great one. Thank you to all my guests. Thank you to all my listeners. We're here doing it all again tomorrow. Friday the 19th. Join me at 6 o'clock when we'll be here for our special Sunday Time show. For the moment, thank you very much indeed. It's been a real pleasure. Hope you enjoyed it. See you tomorrow. You're listening to the Sunday Times Education Festival Radio Show with Russell Prue. The Sunday Times Education Festival. www.festivaleducation.com